Hi, and welcome to the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Ritma. This is a marketing podcast like you haven't heard before. It's about real connections and honest conversations. Why am I here? To remind you that you can fly. If you're brave enough to listen to that calling inside you, I'm here to serve you and show you that marketing can and should be honest, that the truth sells and authenticity wins. So how can businesses and brands build a real and authentic audience? The Authentic Audience Podcast gives you insight into growing your business and marketing strategies to gain real followers and loyal customers. Each week, I create a space of radical honesty for thought leaders and entrepreneurs who have built successful businesses to share their insights on business, marketing, relationships, life, and spirituality. Each episode is sure to remind you the power of storytelling and truth selling. Get ready to get real, get raw, get honest, and keep growing. Louisa Zion set up Toast Ale in 2015 with environmental campaigner and author Tristram Stewart. She is the COO managing the company's commitment to people, planet, and profit, and ensuring the brand is true to its purpose, to end food waste over a cheeky pipe. She's a certified management accountant with a background in sustainability consulting and marketing. She's passionate about social enterprise, the circular economy, and growing the B Corp movement. So after hearing that. You can all guess why she's here. I'm so happy to have you. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, this is exciting. I'm really happy to talk about this this morning. I woke up reading all about your business and feeling very inspired. Um, But before we begin, how are you? It's a crazy time to be alive. What's happening in your world? It is. It is. Uh, Yeah, so I'm um, coming to the end of my day. I'm based in London um and yeah we've experienced I guess a similar um effect on our lives that you have in the US and all around the world um so um, from a personal perspective lots of destruction kids off school trying to run a business while homeschooling at the same time um but also feeling very fortunate that I'm you know still working and uh, from a professional perspective the business was hit very hard because most of our custom uh, was to restaurants, pubs, bars, uh, diners, events, and obviously all of those closed down when we went into lockdown. Um, and to be honest, have not really reopened um, yeah. yet still um so we've pivoted the business to be much more e-commerce led so in the uk you can sell beer over the internet um people can buy it and have it delivered to their homes uh pretty easily so we have been very focused on that and with the big grocery stores as well we um we're stocked in some of the major uk supermarkets um and so that is that has been really fantastic um, and it's been a great time for us to rethink about, you know, our purpose, which, as you uh, introduced, is very much around food waste and has an environmental mission, um, but it has a social mission as well. Um, and so given the the people impact that COVID has had um, 
we looked at how we can use our experience and our resources in order to help our local communities. And so with our web sales, we ran a program called The Meal Deal, um, where people could buy a beer and we would donate a meal to somebody in need um, that was struggling to get access or weren't, weren't able to afford um, food. And using our resources um, and our connections with the food industry, we were able to source food from some of those suppliers that were shut down the restaurant industry um, and their supply chain um, food that would otherwise have been wasted and get that to people that really needed it so um, the past few months has been um, a <laughs> it's been a bit of a you know crazy old time um, but we've adapted quite well I think and um, yeah feeling very positive about the future yeah, I love your answer because um, obviously everybody's been impacted, um, some more than others, of course. But um, I think the willingness to pivot in this time as a business is just so uh, important. And I've really seen businesses that have been able to just pivot and focus on new directions. Like you said, e-commerce, that's amazing that you can sell it online and um are now just working straight with customers and consumers. Like that's an amazing thing because now maybe more people are actually finding out about you um, instead of just hearing about it at the restaurant or at the pub that they go to. But um, the other piece of what you guys do is just so service focused, so purpose driven. Um, and I love that idea. And I wish more businesses um, were thinking that way because I find that when your business is purpose driven and like does come from this intention, like you said, to people. I like your people, planet, profit. Is that what you said? Yeah, I really love that. Um, things sort of fall into place, I find. Like when the intention in the business is actually to be of service and help, I find it's easier for people to want to support you um, and be a part of what you're doing. Have you found that um, during this time? Absolutely. Yeah, I think everybody has um, wanted to help their local community, their neighbours, you know, friends, family, people that are complete strangers and um, and have been looking for ways both to, you know, survive themselves through the crisis, um, but to, to help others. Um, and it's not always easy to do. Um, you know, you can give money to charities, um, but finding a way to directly to, to support your your neighbours is it can be quite hard. So, I agree. I think I think that's kind of the role of business as well is um, is to give people an a, an easy way of building a better future, um, both for people and the planet. And so. Um, for our customers, the simplicity of being able to be locked in your home and enjoying a beer and knowing that while you were drinking that beer, somebody else was re receiving a meal, um, I think was was really fantastic and just nicely aligned with the whole purpose behind Toast. So it wasn't that we locked down and we thought, you know, what, what should our social impact campaign be or how do we need to respond to this situation um, from a sort of brand or marketing perspective? It was what is our duty now that 
builds on what we were already doing before. And uh, I think that was why we were very quickly able to, to start supporting people. Um, so we already have a charity partner um, they're called Feedback, Feedback Global, and the work that they do is very varied, but it's lo they're looking to change the systemic drivers in the food industry that result in food waste. Um, and so some of the work that they're doing is already um, making sure that food that is grown is feeding people. For example, um, cosmetic standards that are set by the big grocery stores often result in crops being wasted at the farm level. Um, and from a farm perspective, without having a market, it's not financially viable to harvest that food. So Feedback set up a gleaning network of volunteers all around the country who go out, they harvest the food, they have a great fun day um, meeting new people, you know, being in the fresh air, getting exercise, and that food goes to the people that really need it. Um, and so having all of that um, already part of who Toast is, what we do, um, meant that we just scaled up um, and expanded that work. That's amazing. Yeah, I like what you said about making it convenient for people. I think sadly, um, people just aren't willing to put in as much work to like find the place to donate to. And if you can just make it really, really easy for somebody, your model, your process where it's like, it's really a no brainer to help. Um, I think that businesses that do that, um, you know, it sort of takes the work out of it. I was interviewing somebody who um, does fair trade and she is all about uh, finding different people and like putting their products together and highlighting different people to support. And it's like, when I want to support her mission, I can just go to her website and she makes it really easy. Um, I want to talk now about Toast. I've been reading about you guys all morning and you have such an incredible mission and story and brewing process. It's like making me feel small beans over here with what we do uh, compared to what you guys do every day. But before we start uh, talking about that, um, I want to know your why and if it's changed since you started Toast, if it was always, you know, around food waste. And I obviously see your background is in uh, many things. So your why, your purpose, what gets you personally out of bed? every morning? Uh, I guess I grew up um, with a great respect for nature, the natural world. Um, I um, grew up in an area where I had access to fields and forests where I could walk, I could, you know, listen to the birds, I could see animals, and it was all part of my life. Um, and grew up with a real passion for um, that environment that I was part of um, and animals as well in particular um, and um, as you grow up and you learn about you know some of the injustices some of the destruction that is being caused um, unnecessarily um, in many cases um, I guess there was an anger there about the way the world worked and the fact that not enough was being done to put it right. So I always felt that whatever I did, I, I wanted to be making a positive difference. And yeah, I think food for me was the obvious 
focus point because everybody loves food. Um, I love food and it's a, a really important cultural uh, emblem as well. You know, it's those meals that you have with your friends and your family is what brings what brings people together. Um, it's you know very basic necessity for human life. It's so in, so important and. Um, the idea that we're producing so much food that could feed a, the growing population and yet we're wasting a third of it whilst there are millions of people that are either suffering with lack of nutrition or with obesity problems, there is clearly a system that doesn't work the food system is not working to feed people and it's certainly not nourishing the planet so i yeah I, the 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 way everything is set up makes me feel quite um <laughs> quite angry and um i feel i have a responsibility to do yeah. something about it um yes <laughs> i think that's beautiful because well what i love about two things in there. Uh, what I love about toast is this is a big problem. Like food waste is a big problem. It can feel really overwhelming and depressing actually. But what I love about toast is it puts a very positive, like lighthearted spin on things and it doesn't make you feel bad. It doesn't like you're showing me the numbers on the website and I'm seeing this, but then your mission and just, you know, over a cheeky pint, um, I think that we make things super, super heavy because it is super heavy and it can feel really heavy and it can feel like there's just nothing we can do. Um, I remember watching this documentary once at a festival and I just like remember it ending and I'm like, well, I feel terrible. They didn't tell me any call to action, nothing that I can do to help and just share this like massive problem that basically the world's ending and there's nothing we can do. And I think that the positive take on that is much easier for people to grasp. Um, so I really appreciate like how, you know, you're angry, like we're angry about this, but just the way you talk about it is still in such a positive light way. And I think in terms of communicating with people, that's really important. So I appreciate how you guys do that. The second thing and why I was really excited to talk to you is uh, one of my teachers or masters, I guess, that I look up to um, was in India in the 70s, 60s and 70s. And um, everyone would say his whole thing was feed people. Um, so people would come to him and say, how do you get enlightened? Like, how do you meditate? How do you? And he would just go feed people, feed people, go away, feed people. And that was his whole thing. And so we're really big on that in our house, um, having people over cooking for them. And you're actually, I'm thinking right now, like about the food in my fridge, I'm like, what do I need? Like what's going to waste? And I think just bringing awareness to this issue is so important. So let's talk more about how it works. Um, how did this idea come about? How does this process even work? Um, it's kind of incredible. Mm, well, it's surprisingly simple. Um, <laughs> if you look back at the origins of brewing um mesopotamia mesopotamia i always stumble over that word mesopotamia <laughs> anyway in babylonian times um in babylonian times people used to ferment stale bread or create a bread that they would then ferment to create a 
divine drink, which is the origins of beer. It didn't taste or look like beer in those days, but it's that process of fermentation is where brewing originated from. Um, and so we've taken a very old tradition and we've modernized that. Inspired by a brewery um, that had made a beer in Brussels using bread from their local bakery. Um, wow. We knew that bread is wasted at an industrial level all over the world um, from the loaves of bread that are unsold at the end of the day on grocery store shelves to uh, and bakeries um, to the sandwich industry. In the UK, um, we uh, we love packaged sandwiches um, and the heel end, the crust end of every single loaf is usually disposed of um, because it's not used for those sandwiches. Um, and then through to the, you know, the loaves that we have in our own homes, um, are, between a third um, and nearly half of all bread that's baked is never eaten. So there's a huge amount of surplus bread. Yeah, and um, so Tristram Stewart, who is an author and a campaigner on all things connected with the food system. Um, he's a UN uh, Sustainable Development Goal champion for uh, Goal 12.3 um, and a National Geographic Young Leader. He'd met these the brewers in Brussels, tasted the beer, thought great tasting, really delicious product. Uh, it has the opportunity to scale, to use a huge amount of bread. Tristram has a, a great network of activists um, all around the world who could help to, as to spread um, the idea uh, for this product. Um, so that was the idea behind Toast. Um, and very simply, all we're doing is taking out about a third of the barley that would otherwise be used to brew and replacing that with surplus bread. Um, wow. So it's starches from the bread uh, that uh, uh, converted into simple sugars for fermentation um, by um, an enzyme that is within the barley and then the remainder of the brew process is very similar to any other brewery. Um, we add hops in the boiling process to give it that beautiful aroma and bitterness that you get with craft beers um, and then ferment it with yeast at the end of the process. Wow. That so, sounds so simple, I'm sure. <laughs> it's making me want a beer at 9 a.m. too. Um, that's so incredible. And you've been doing this now for five years. So tell me about um, the business side of it. I think purpose-driven business um, is the future. Um, obviously, tell me about how uh, like profit works. Like, do you guys, um, are, you're, not a, you're not a nonprofit. No, we're, no, we're, we're for-profit. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So um, tell me about your business model, just from like the business side of things. Um, what happens when I buy a beer? Uh, so we're in, we're a limited company in the UK, which means um, we're a private limited. We're not listed on a stock exchange. Um, we're, so we're privately owned, um, but we make profits like any other business through the sale of beer, um, less the costs involved in producing the beer and then 
paying the team and everyone, all those fixed costs that sit around it. So basic business model, exactly the same. Um, we're a social enterprise though, which means that um, at least half of, of your profits need to be reinvested in the mission. Mm. And we chose that all of our profits should go to charities that are working to change the, the food system. Wow. And so all that means is rather than having shareholders who receive dividends, the charities receive those, that profit at the, at the end of the year. Yeah. Exactly. That's amazing. Um, yeah. Um, and we, we do have shareholders. So we launched an equity round two years ago now. Um, and brought on board 30 different investors. Um, we have asked them to pledge that any net capital gains they make, so any profit that they make if they sell the shares, they'll reinvest those in another sustainable enterprise. Um, so the idea is that the value of the business as that grows, uh, we will be able to support other entrepreneurs um, and not-for-profits and um, charities to do the work that they're doing from an environmental perspective. Uh, we're also a certified B Corp. Um, so I know you have a B Corporation as a, um, a, a business status in, in the US. In the UK, we don't have that same model, but you can become a certified B Corp, which means that you've met a minimum standard uh, for environmental and social responsibility. Um, and we are therefore part of this community of businesses that operate for people, planet and profit um, and a growing community as well. The um, B Corp community in the UK is growing very quickly at the moment. Um, we've got some big brands that you have in the US as well, um, like Ben and Jerry's. Um, also, like one of our national newspapers, The Guardian newspaper, um, and lots of really fantastic um, food and drink brands and, you know, companies across all uh, different industries and are now becoming B Corps in the UK. So that's really interesting to see. That's so amazing. I'm just looking at your site and listening to everything you're saying. And it seems it feels um, not easy, but like simple to the point of like, why wouldn't everybody be forming companies, you know, with this model, just because um, you can have a fully profitable, um, functionable business and help the world. So it just seems like a no brainer. Um, I want to talk a little bit more with you since you just brought up B Corp, just about circular economy and this idea. Um, I know you had mentioned wanting to talk about it and I've been reading more about it this morning. And just for my listeners, um, tell me more about this. What is a circular economy? What does that mean? And how do we, uh, start supporting this idea? Yeah, so the circular economy is essentially the opposite of a linear economy. A linear economy being whereby you take from the environment, um, usually um, you make something with it and then you waste it at the end of its life. Um, and the idea of circular econo economy is that you take less, so which in, in fact try to completely eliminate um, the extraction from the environment at the beginning of your process and then at the end of process 
um, that it should not be wasted. So that um, needs to be joined up with that first stage of the process and waste becomes, or what would have been waste becomes an input um, or a product in itself. Um, so closing a loop um, to, to yeah, prevent waste and re reduce extraction from the environment. I think that's such a beautiful idea and so simple. If so, if people are listening and they're like, oh, I want to do that. I think a big thing for me is um, I'm just thinking about like my produce right now, my produce that's in my fridge um, or like my local food box that I get delivered. You know, I get like local produce delivered um, every week and I can guarantee that there's like a pair that's going to waste right now. And my question is, is what do you suggest? Like what's the first step um, in preventing food waste, just starting locally, starting within your own family? Like what are sort of three steps or two steps or one step even that um, people can take right now to start supporting this? It sounds very simple, but it's essentially only buying what you need um, and then eating everything that you've bought. Um, so thinking about when you're only buying what you need, it's like knowing what you've already got at home when you go shopping, for example. Um, and, um, you know, making sure that you're buying in the volumes that you're going to eat it within the time that it is still fresh and edible. Um, and then making sure that you eat it all, um, you know, using being inventive with recipes um, so that you can use it within your own home um, or looking at alternative uses for some products. You know, for example, squeeze a lemon and then use the skins in um, to ferment in vinegar and then you can create a beautiful cleaning product. And so you're not therefore having to, to buy cleaning products that are damaging to the planet um, but also um, and this is the same with business I think we can't look at things within our closed bubbles really it's looking at how we become more joined up so from a personal perspective um, you know can we if we want can we buy in bulk with a neighbor for example so that um, and can we share our food and in, in the UK we've got um, some really nice food sharing apps there's one for example called olio where neighbors can you, you know you can list food on the app that um, you don't want or <clears throat> perhaps you're moving house or you're going on holiday and you have lots of surplus and people will come and take it um, from your home so that it doesn't need to be wasted and that as well as preventing the food being wasted creates a community um, you know to, to go pop around to your neighbours who maybe you've not spoken to before um, and have a conversation with people. Um, and it's the same, like at a bigger scale with business, the, um, the, the waste from your processes may be able to be used by you as a business. You know, you may be making, I don't know, like chocolate advent calendars or something, um, just thinking in the lead up to Christmas now, and there might be chocolate left over from that process can you turn that into a misfits bag of chocolate that you can still sell um, but can you also look outside the industry and is there a byproduct from your production process that could be an input into another industry and similarly with the raw ingredients that you're using can you source those um, from a different supplier and we're seeing so much innovation in 
this sort of food surplus circular economy world at the moment with people learning more about different um, processes for producing food and what the waste streams are within those whether it's you know surplus like with us where there's there's bread that just is is left over or is it a, a byproduct um of the production process um that um you know for example the um the fruit from the coffee bean can we use the fruit more and and not waste that whereas we'd previously just used the bean um, so yeah, it's from a business perspective, I think if looking for ideas of um, some new business opportunities, there's a I think a lot to be learned from just finding out more about processes. That I think pretty much every food industry has surplus or waste of some description, um, and then within your own business as well, looking at what those waste streams are and looking at the imports and how um, we can yeah make those more circular yeah I love it it's beautiful and I think it's so simple like it's just being more and more aware um, I think for me that's what this last six months has done um, we've been shopping locally and just I um, you know just being at home and not traveling and having more time to be awake I think is the the easiest way for me to say this, I have a, you know, small business and I'm very busy. And I think, um, COVID has given me pause. Like it's, I'm looking at where my money is going. I'm looking at what I'm putting in my body. I'm looking at how my energy and my business and my day-to-day -day living affects those around me. Like I'm just more present. Um, and that's really the first step is just even after this conversation. Um, and it's so it's so, I'm just going to be super honest with what happened this morning. And it's so funny or not funny, but, uh, ironic that we are speaking now because in the, in the night, um, our freezer popped open. Um, oh. and so I woke up this morning to my husband, like cleaning up water because the ice had melted, um, and he had to throw out some things and I'm just thinking like, oh my God. And now I'm sitting on this call with you and, and it's just the awareness about that. Like, how can we be more aware of what we're buying and, and just put a little more awareness into how our choices and our decisions are affecting things on a bigger scale. And I think that that's what social enterprise and purpose-driven business really is asking of us. Um, it's not asking us to sacrifice anything. It's just asking us to wake up. And um, I just think that that's so beautiful. So going back to the business part for a moment, um, did this feel like a big undertaking? I mean, it seems simple and the way you describe it, it seems... Um, just the intention was there. You had the right people and it seems that it, it, it works really well and it's really successful. I'm wondering if you can share like maybe the biggest challenge that you guys face or had to face um, and overcome in this process, maybe pre-COVID because I'm sure COVID has just brought a whole new uh, array of challenges and situations, but maybe like pre-COVID world um, as you guys were getting this off the ground, um, the biggest challenge and then on the other side, like the biggest surprise uh, on the positive end. Uh, yeah, so in setting up uh, the 
biggest challenges, um, I guess, is just that um, this was the first time I'd set up a small business. I'd always previously worked in quite large organisations. Um, and it's that, for me, from a personal perspective anyway, it's that need to suddenly wear a lot of hats um, and hats that didn't fit me a lot of the time um so <laughs> you know having to look after the, the legal side the financial side sales marketing production everything um and having to learn very quickly so you end up putting a lot of hours into the business a lot of passion um and yeah at the time um I had two very young children so that that was um I guess a personal struggle and then from the business perspective um I'd say it's uh it's about scaling up that is where uh, I've felt uh, most challenged for the business um because uh we're in, we're operating in, in a very competitive market um craft beer um boomed first in the us and now um in the uk as well um for the last 10 years or so it's been incredibly popular um <clears throat> and prices are coming down and people who would previously have bought you know a a, a Carlsberg or you know a, a, a big beer um, mass-produced beer is um, they on want now wanting to unable to drink craft beers um, because they are widely available but have quite high expectations about what the price should be mm. um, and it's very difficult to be a small business and um, to also offer a product that's cheap without you know having the scale to do that um, and so but at the same time you know we do not want to give in on anything to do with the purpose um, so we committed even while we were not profitable that we wanted at least £10,000 a year to go to a charity mm. um, so that we were supporting their work we want to be using quality ingredients um, so there's you know, there's a lot of processes involved in making sure that the bread although it's surplus um, has a a supply chain that we can fully track and trace um and then <clears throat> the other ingredient ingredients the malts the hops you know we want to buy good quality ingredient ingredients to make sure that the product at the end of the day is good because if you don't have a good product you can be the most sustainable and you know wonderful business in the world but people won't continue right. <laughs> to buy your beer so you know so it was really important to to for us um and we've been on a journey of product development to get um the, to get the beer where we wanted it to be um and then you will find that you know suddenly you know this big contract that we've been working towards with one of the big grocery stores suddenly comes in and we now have to massively increase production um and that because we contract brew so mm. we don't own our own brewery which meant that we didn't have the upfront investment cost um and could be more flexible in scaling up uh, but we also felt that the there were plenty of breweries that had already been built the equipment was already there there was slack in the system and so in the same way that 
bread was being wasted, also these people's time and the space, et cetera, was being wasted. So um, we chose that model um, in order to slot ourselves into the existing industry without adding to the footprint of it. Um, but that meant that as we scale up, we need to change partners because we'll go from one small microbrewery to one that's a medium-sized craft brewer, et cetera. Um, and that kind of being able to forecast what your sales volume is going to be and therefore your production um, can be quite challenging. And each time you scale up as well, you need the support of a bigger team um, to be able to go out and to sell the beer to more, um, more of the trade um, and, you know, investment is needed for that as well. So um, the, the has, it, we did go through, a, I mentioned the investment round last year um, and uh, two years ago, sorry. Um, and, you know, that was also another big learning curve um, from a personal perspective. Um, but, you know, you under underestimate perhaps how long these things take and how challenging it is to raise those funds. Um, but, you know, we, we've done, I'm very proud of where we are now as a business and what we've achieved, um, particularly from an impact perspective. Um, and it, for us, it's not just about the product. It's not just about, you know, saving bread and using less barley. It's you know, as you hinted at earlier, it's that messaging um, to give people the positivity about the, you know, the opportunity to fight food waste and therefore um, climate change um, and to raise awareness about things like not wasting food, the circular economy, etc. Yeah. I mean, it's bringing, bringing so much awareness, um, in such a simple way, you know, through, through your business, you're bringing so much awareness to these bigger issues. And, um, just to tell, share with my listeners a little bit, um, of you were saying the impact that, that the business has had, I'm looking at your website and it's like 1.9 million slices saved 45,000 donated, uh, 20, 42 tons of CO2 emissions saved, 46,000 meals donated, 82,000 homebrew downloads, which I'm excited to share with you guys that they have a homebrew recipe on their website. So if you're not in the UK, you can still, um, try this out. So, um, I, I think it's really beautiful what you guys are doing. And, um, for me, I always like to look from a business standpoint, especially a purpose-driven, social-driven business. Um, it seems, I think, or it could seem really overwhelming. And just hearing you talk about the steep learning curve and everything, there's just so many plates, so many balls spinning, um, you know, at all times. And it just seems like you guys have really handled it with grace. And that's because in my opinion, the intention never swayed. And I do this podcast a lot. I talk to business owners and people in successful and profitable and uh, environmentally, socially driven businesses a lot. And to me, the the I, I got into this podcast because I wanted to talk to people and find out what makes businesses succeed, period. That's like why I started this. And it's the same answer every time. It's always the intention. Um, 
the intention going into it is, is so profound and has such a massive effect because it allows you to like stay on course, um, and not sway. And I just, am so inspired by what you guys are doing because it's positive. It's light. It's cheeky. It says raise a toast, save the world. Cheers. Like it's so simple. Like how could you not support? So I just appreciate you sharing more about the process too, um, and how it all works. And if you are in the UK, um, I highly suggest you order, um, it's just toastale.com. But my last question for you, uh, is if you have, and I'm sure you sort of said this in, in many ways, but like a prayer or a hope, um, I think the world can seem bleak a lot of times. Um, and I'm wondering from your perspective, especially being so involved in this industry and being so close and aware of the food waste and what's really happening. Um, are you hopeful? Like, are you hopeful that people are changing and, and like, do you see a big movement towards you know, sustainability and environmentally, socially driven businesses? Like, is it, is it positive for the most part? Um, I feel positive. I, um, I, there are huge opportunities for us to take action now to, to address, you know, the, the reality of the climate um, emergency that we face um, from a food waste perspective there's a project called project drawdown um, that rated um, a, a number of uh, solutions to climate change that can be achieved in a um, equitable um, and e- efficient um, way and food waste reducing food waste came out as the third top solution wow um, for us to um to yeah to hit um the climate ch- target of 1.5 degrees so it's um there are Tech, the, you know, there's technology that already exists. There's behaviour change. Um, there's action that already that we can take that will have an impact. But um, the imperative is that we do this quickly. We don't have a lot of time left. But um, I'm very um, motivated by young people. You know, have, having seen um, over the last year and a half the young people out on the streets protesting um and and leading really a movement that has put pressure on business but also government to take action um we're not seeing yet the level of action that we need and i know you have other challenges in the u.s <laughs> um, to, to, other to, jump. to say the least <laughs> yes um but yeah, that then that generation are incredibly passionate. They understand the issues. They understand what needs to be done, um, and they are making people listen. Um, and so, I yeah, the the children are the future. As, mm. as say, you know, I'm I yeah, I feel very um, hopeful um, because of the action that I am seeing and the you know not necessarily seen it at government policy level yet um but we are now heading into the almost well we've got um 14 months to to cop 26 um 
that obviously was cancelled this year. Um, so I, I'm hearing about, and we are ourselves planning a lot of activity in the lead up to that to raise public awareness, consciousness across, you know, everybody um, uh, from citizens to the to business and and government and you know hoping that there will be some more decisive action taken at COP. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we definitely have a lot on our plate over here (laughs) (laughs) in terms of progress. But I, I like to think that it's really brought, I mean, for me, what, what this has done, having somebody in office who like basically says climate change isn't real. Um, it's woken me up to, you know, I, I, the, the only positive thing I can say about it is I think it's made people more and more aware of the problem. So people who would not have voted four years ago or eight years ago are voting now and are participating more. Um, that's what I've seen anyway. And that's how I feel like the participation and the awareness, like, because it's so bad, um, it's like we have to get up. Like we can't just sit and not be affected and go about our days anymore. There's like a clear problem. There's a clear solution. And um, I see more and more people wanting to be a part of that, but it's going to be an interesting few months. I'll tell you that. Um, (laughs) But yeah, that being a part, making people want to be part of it and showing people that, um, you know, a greener future is also a fun it's you know it's a brighter more prosper more prosperous future as well um and not telling people that you have to give things up or that life is going to be harder if we make these changes um i think it's like it's getting that across to people um yeah and that's that's the approach that we take with 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 our products and our messaging as well um we have a little motto that says um if you want to change the world you have to throw a better party than those destroying it it's really like show people it's actually better to to you know take positive action yeah i think that's beautiful Thank you so much for your time. Um, This was such a great conversation. I'm so excited to support um, your business in this way. Tell us um, in the UK, we can buy your beer. And I do have listeners over there. And actually my producer who edits this thing and his whole team is in the UK. So um, that's great. But if we're in the US, I saw other ways to support online. But if you could share the best way to support you to find out more about um, toast in particular, um, what are all the calls to action? Yeah, so we are actually imminently launching a collaboration with an Interborough brewery in New York. Um, so I those saw living- that. Yeah, so that's, um, that's um, well, I haven't got a final date. <laughs> Coming but, soon. Uh, but October, in October, we'll be launching uh, a collaboration beer um, with Interborough Brewery that will be available um, in Whole Foods um, and through Taproom online and through Interborough's own taproom as well. Um, so if you're um, if you're in New York, you will be able to taste a version of Toast. Um, but otherwise, um, yeah, chat to us on social um, at Toast Ale. Um, and like you mentioned before, we have a homebrew recipe uh, that is available on our website. So if you want to give that a try and join our homebrew club um, to learn tips about brewing with bread and just to, to be part of a community, then sign up to our newsletter as well 
Amazing. It's a great brand. It's a beautiful site. You know, I'm always looking at things with my, my marketing hat on. I can't take it off. And um, just everything about this is a hell yes for me. So thank you for your time. Thank you for being here. Um, I just so appreciate, so appreciate you and what you're doing in the world. Thank you. And to all my listeners, uh, this is a special episode. Anytime it's about food, uh, my listeners know um, that's such a big part of my spiritual practice is feeding people and serving people. Um, so this conversation definitely uh, woke me up in a lot of ways where I am not as in as much alignment maybe as I had previously thought in this area. So thank you. And to my listeners, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And until next time, keep growing. Keep growing.